Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988. And surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Tyrese. To push it to eight. A star! Tyrese Maxey is on fire. Yo, what's up? This is Tyrese, and this is Maxey on the mic. Um, this is the last show that we'll do before the playoffs. So I wanted to keep it kind of personal, keep it nice and sweet. Um, it's about that time that I lock in and, and get ready for some of the biggest games of my life uh, because. Every playoff opportunity is, is, I feel like, the biggest opportunity that you have right in front of you, especially with the team that we have and the opportunity that we have to go make a deep run. And, um, yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that, the playoffs coming up, talk about the season. And, uh, you know, it'll be a good little listen to for y'all. First, I kind of want to talk about the season. I want to talk about how the regular season went, how it went for me personally, and um, some of the lessons that I learned. I think, honestly, I just, I'll do a quick breakdown uh, from beginning, middle, end. The beginning of the year, we started out slow as a team, then we picked it back up, but I started out extremely, extremely fast, and the numbers were extremely high, and I was playing with a, a type of confidence that um, I just, I had, I had a supreme confidence in myself and my game and the work that I put in, and, and my teammates had so much confidence in me, my coaching staff, the organization, period, had so much confidence in me, it just made me go out there and really show what I was able to do. So, you know, I had a 40-point game, multiple 30-point games back-to-back, I was playmaking well, I feel like. Defending, doing all the different things on the court to help us win. I get hurt. We know that story. Um, you know, I come back. The middle of the year was kind of rough for me because I missed two months with an injury, a foot injury that was that was hard to come back from. Now, basketball, I always tell people, basketball is about rhythm and. Rhythm is hard to get. Once you get rhythm, now you're feeling good. But once you fall out of rhythm, it's hard to get it back. Um, you know, especially when you when you have you lose your rhythm and you get hurt. So it's like 
now it's it's all types of it's all types of difficult. But I lost my rhythm, got hurt, um, moved to the moved to the second unit for a little bit. Um, kind of found my rhythm, went through some adversity, went through some uh some mental stuff that um, you know, it, it's it happens, man. It's life. Everybody goes through it, I feel like. And the, the trials and tribulations of life are, are, are very difficult. And the obstacles that life throws at you, you have to be able to move around them, whether you jump over them, roll under them, step to the side of them. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you how you move on, but you have to move on. So that happened, blah, blah, blah. That happens. Get back in the starting lineup, uh, have a talk with my mom, have a talk with my parents, have a talk with my people, coaching staff, everybody, and move back to the starting lineup. And I think... Uh, my season, our season, it kind of took off again from there after we kind of struggled a little bit in that middle section. But it took off again from there. I think I started playing at a, at a higher level, which me playing at a higher level helps my teammates play at a higher level. I feel like when I'm at my best, when I'm not even just scoring, but being aggressive and making plays for my teammates and being a threat out there on the court, um, it just makes us a lot more dynamic. And I feel like um, that's that's really helped us and. Of course, we have Joel Embiid and James Harden and, and Tobias Harris and Melt and Tucker. So that's another reason why we're good. And, and Coach Doc Rivers, who I think has done an amazing job um, this season. So I think that's how I can break it down from beginning to middle to end. And um, I think we're pretty satisfied. We're pretty satisfied with, with where we are, especially with three, you know, three guys, three of our top scorers missing. I missed 20 games. I think James missed 20 games. The big fella missed Joel missed about 18, 19 games. But I think one thing that we're really, really excited about is we're all going into the playoffs healthy, the entire roster, uh, whether that's the, the first unit or the second unit. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's rested. Everybody's ready to go. And uh, it's time for us to make a playoff push. You know, it's funny. Everybody's talking about how me being I was top five this year. I think last year I was top three. So I'm kind of upset. But I shot a higher percentage this year than I did last year. That just means that guys are really shooting that thing this year, man. I, and Luke Kennard, it's funny. I was like, man, I'm a... My goal this year, you always set your goals really, really high. That was that's my biggest thing. So my goals this year were to to shoot 50 from the field, which is which is really good as, as a guard to do. Um, to shoot 45 from the three and 90 from the free throw line. I ended the year, this is this is crazy. I ended the year in games that I started. We'll talk about that for in games that I started, we looked at it the other day. I shot 49.5 from the field, 45 from the three. Maxi connects on the three. Maxi swing. Shot clock winding down. Maxi has the hoist. Good hit. Tyrese Maxi from deep. And I think 87 or 88 from the line. And then overall, I shot 48 from the field, 43 from the three, and 85 from the line. So, you know, you always shoot for shoot the highest. And uh, I feel like that was very capable of me reaching. And, uh, you know, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I feel like that that helped myself, that helped our team be more valuable, our team get better. I feel like I had to take another step for us to be, you know, the best that we could possibly be. And I just feel like for these playoffs coming, I'm going to have to do that again. You know, and it is what it is. You got to grow up fast. You know, I have to grow up fast. It's funny. I went from not really playing my rookie year to playing a lot last year, playing a big key role in the playoffs. And now this year, I'm going to have to step it up again. So, yeah, I mean, 43%. You know, could have been better, but we'll live with that. I think we've had a lot of great moments, honestly. I think one of my favorite moments on the court was uh, was when we were 1-4 this year. We were 1-4. The media was talking about us. Everybody was saying we should just blow the team up, do all these different things. And uh, everybody was, they, you know, they were off us. They were off the 76ers. They were off all of us as a team. And uh, it was so early in the year. It was 1-4, but that's just how, that's how it goes, especially living in Philly. 
Joel sits out of game because we have to back to back the next game. And we're, you know, we just lost to Toronto a couple of days before we played them again. And, I, and we go out there, knowing from the get go that we're going to have to be aggressive. We're going to have to pick up the slack for Joel. And, and I was able to, you know, start out hot. And um, my teammates kept finding me. Uh, we ran a lot of different plays for me. I just stayed aggressive, extremely aggressive, because I really wanted us to win that game because I wanted people to know that this one and four start wasn't who we were. And, um, it just happened. I mean, it was so hard. We had so many different pieces coming in with Daniel House, PJ Tucker, Danthony Melton. Um, that's a, that's three guys right there that I just Montrez Harrell. That's that's four guys right there that I just named and and that's getting real minutes. So it's it's hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be extremely difficult to get guys acclimated on the same page. But I was able to go out there have a career high night. Maxi floater off the window. Sensational stuff from Tyrese Maxey. Uh, we won that game and won the next game off of back-to-back in Chicago, won the next game against Washington. I feel like those three games kind of just turned our season around. I think that was probably one of my favorite moments on the court. I think off the court, one of my favorite moments was <laughs> Joel got, came on the plane after a game and it was his birthday. And, you know, we sung him happy birthday, blah, blah, blah. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, you know, we got on the plane, everybody singing, laughing. But that's just the team. I feel like this year is the the closest team because I've been here the last two years. So the last within the last three, I feel like this is the closest team, the deepest team, and the most um, the hungriest team. I feel like everybody on this team has something to prove. Um, everybody on this team has their everybody has their own agenda. Everybody has their own agenda, and and that's that's good. I think that's a good thing. Everybody has something to prove. And I think we as collectively have something to prove, which I feel like is is really going to help us throughout these playoffs. And I just want everybody to go out there and try to be the best version of themselves. I feel like we have a team mindset. Everybody knows that we're going to need each other. I think Joel knows that he's going to need us. We know we're going to need him. We're going to fall, you know, fall in line with him. But I feel like he's trusting his teammates. This is the most I feel like he's trusted his teammates. Um, since I've been here, he's able to pass the guys, you know, get guys open, get guys shots, bait the defenders in, and, and get guys open shots. Four and a half assists. Those are some long strides. And returning the favor is Joel Embiid. <laughs> so I'm just really excited, man. I'm I'm really excited. I'm ready to go. <laughs> man, Tobias, Tobias has been great for me, man. Tobias Harris, he's um, I always tell my mom he's probably one of the best vets I've ever had. That's on and off the court. He's been great for me. He, he kept me really sane my rookie year, honestly, because like I said, my rookie year was hard. I didn't play much. I saw a lot of guys playing that I felt like I was better than. So if I felt like if I got the same opportunity, I would put up better numbers, uh, be better for my team and, and help us win more. He was saying that you would get your opportunity. You would get your opportunity one day and it would come. And he believed in me. Joel believed in me. I feel like there was a lot of guys on that team that really believed in me. I played really good in the playoffs down the stretch of that year. And it's funny, during the middle of the season, Tobias was shooting better from me than three, George, James, D'Anthony, and uh, they all make jokes. I always tell them I'm the best shooter on the team. So it's like, they were like, man, you know, percentage-wise, you're not the best shooter on the team. And this was, we had about mm, 20, probably like 20 games left. And I just told them, I said, look, before I got hurt, I was shooting 42%, all right? 
I will be when I get back going, I will have a higher percentage than all than all of you. And George's like, no, nah, there's no way you shoot off the dribble threes, you shoot late clock threes. You know, I only shoot good threes. So I'm I'm have I said, George, trust me. You know, call me like that. And uh Tobias was there for that. And he, you know, he just made a joke about me saying, like, uh, you shot 16% from three. Oh, I just was talking about how your uh, Lauren told me she, you're shooting uh, 16% from three point range. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. Impossible. That joke just kind of came from uh, Kentucky. I didn't shoot 16 there. I shot like 29 or something like that. But uh, he just he just blowing smoke and you know he's always telling me that he's proud of me for what I've done. So I again, I, I had the ultimate respect for him. He's pro is pro. I appreciate him. Our coaching staff, our player development, they do this, they have like this board of like defensive deflections and all that. And they have like shooting percentage board of free throws and threes. And they have like our team's three-point free throws. Like actually, I think this year we finished first in three-point percentage as a team and first in free throw percentage as a team, which another, I really think that's going to help us prevail in the playoffs because you got to make free throws down a stretch of games. You got to be able to make open threes. It's just those two things are, are are very critical, especially against the teams that we're going to play against. But anyways, yes, we have we it's make friendly competition. It's just it makes us a better team. I, I'm very convinced that it makes us a better team that we compete. Who can shoot the best? Who can make the most threes? And it's not like we're shooting bad shots. We're just you know when we get that shot, we want to be efficient with it because there's, there's going to be a lot of people double teaming uh, Joel. It's going to be a lot of attention drawing that James. It's going to be a lot of attention when I get to the paint and I kick it out to, to George's and the um, the Melts and Tobias's. There's a lot of uh, attention when Tobias has the ball in the post. So we have to be able to make those shots, make those threes, and, and us having friendly competition just makes it a lot easier. All right, let's take a break. Uh, but when I come back, we'll look ahead to the playoffs, look ahead to this first-round matchup against the Nets. Um, probably talk a little bit about some plans, uh, talk about uh, the other conference uh, maybe some predictions. Who knows? But uh, yeah, when we get back, we'll, we'll dive into the playoffs. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little dazed and confused. 
Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons. Lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, welcome back, guys. Welcome back from break. Uh, I think first thing I want to talk about is the team's morale. I mean, um, I feel like this team is extreme. I tell you that earlier, this team is extremely motivated. And the focus on our team is there. Uh, you know, first time, I mean, most of the time when you come back and you practice the first couple of days of the regular season, the the practice is kind of sloppy. And uh, I know people are focused, but, you know, you had some time off. So practice are kind of sloppy or, you know, guys maybe, you know, happy that we're in the playoffs, but smiling, laughing. But I just seem like the team is so laser like focused for this playoffs. And it's not like a, a bad focus or a scared focus. It's more like a, you know, we're just ready to get it on. You know, like let's get it on. Let's hoop. Let's do this, man. Let's it's we've been waiting for this all year, man. Um we've been we've been preparing for this. We have been challenging ourselves. We've been challenging our teammates, challenging our coaching staff. Uh, and 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 now we're ready, man. We wanna go out here and we wanna we wanna make a point. Looking ahead to the Nets, I mean, it's it's crazy. First, we'll just talk about the transformation of the team. Like they started this, t- this <laughs> they started the season with with KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, um, and now they have a group of players who are still really good players, but they have a different dynamic of players. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, uh, and Nick Claxton. That's their starting five. So that's four. <laughs> Four people who didn't start the year with them, but you know they've they've meshed really fast. They know how they want to play. I feel like uh, matchups this series are going to be key. We're going to need myself to be able to go out there and ball pressure uh, Spencer Dinwiddie out there, make him frustrated, uh, help him pick him up full court, make him tired. You know he's one of their only ball handlers, one of their only true ball handlers. So that's going to be very key. I think it's going to be very key for us to slow down Mikael Bridges. Uh, we've seen what he's done as of late. A uh, very good basketball player. I feel like he's finally able to, you know, in in this in this league, everybody has a role. 
on every single team, your role can be different. Doesn't matter. Like uh, unless you're a bona fide superstar, I feel like your role can change. And like on any given team that you're on, on the Suns, Mikael had to be kind of a three and D guy, kind of a role player. Um, he got some plays for him here and there. You know, he still was talented, uh, talented player. But on this next team, he's the guy. I mean, he's the number one option. He's going to lead them in shot attempts, try to lead them in scoring, and uh, lead them in usage and all those different things. So, you know, we have to be able to slow him down. Uh, that's gonna, That should be one of our main focuses is uh, trying to slow him down. And then you have guys like Dorian Finney-Smith. You have guys like Cam Johnson, guys like Joe Harris, Seth Curry coming off the bench who are shooters. You know, that's what they do. They knock down open threes. And that's what Mikael tries to do. He tries to get to the paint, draw guys in. Then he's going to try to get to the paint, draw guys in because they need threes to beat us. Also, we can't turn the ball over against them because they're long, they're athletic. They're going to get open threes in transition. And their, uh, the layups and the dunks in transition are another thing that another reason why they can beat us. But if we play solid defense and we just kind of tone in on our half-court defense and all our tendencies and, and their tendencies and what they like to do, try to take all that away, then I think, um, you know, it, this 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 series should go well for us, and um, we, we're prepared though. We're very prepared. Uh, the coaching staff has done a great job. You know, for the last two days of practice, they have implemented a game plan that I think we're all on the same page on, and uh, we're ready to get it on. I mean, mentally right now, I feel as if I'm in a space where I blocked out all the distractions. I did that, I think maybe 20 games ago, 15 games ago. I, I blocked out all the distractions. I focused on the task at hand. I know how important this season is for not just myself, but this entire team, this entire franchise. We have a really talented team. We have a really ta- a really good chance to do something special, but we have to go get it. It can't. It's not going to be given to us. Nobody's going to care. You know, we probably have more than likely we'll have the MVP on our team. Nobody's going to care that we have the MVP. They're going to they're going to want to get up to play the MVP now. And we have we'll probably end up with two, you know two MVPs on our team with Jay, if you include James too. So. It's it's gonna be a challenge. You know, guys are gonna are gonna have to fight their behinds off, and including myself, we're gonna have to go out here and be locked in. And um, but I think not just myself mentally, but the entire organization mentally is in a good place. And it, you know, I don't want to say this 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 playoff run is gonna feel different, or this team feels different, or the morale around this team feels different. But like, I just feel a togetherness of this team that uh, we're gonna need, and we're gonna need to come into play. And this is the first time I feel like. Um, we finished the season in the last three years trending upward instead of trending the other way. And um, that's you know, a testimony to our coaches, testimony to our, our front office of putting together a complete team. You know, we even made some we made some changes at, at the deadline, brought in J-Mac, and uh, he's been great for us. He's helped us a lot. You know, just everybody buying into their roles is going to be a, a big key part as well. Title or bust? I, 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 think, I think it is title or bust for us, honestly. With the talent that we have on this team, the talent that we have, the camaraderie that we have, the timetable that we have, um, we're in a win. We want to win now. I mean, we want to win now. I know myself. I'm young. You know, Melt's young. J Mac. We have some young pieces, but you know, we also have some some vets who who are ready to do this thing right now. And like I like I've been saying, like we have Joel Embiid, who will probably win MVP um, this season. We have James Harden, who's won an MVP in his past. Both of those guys are hungry for their first title. Um, James is looking for. I think James has every other accomplishment there is. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, when I say this, I'm serious. MVP, All NBA, multi-time All Star. Uh, been to playoffs every single year. Scoring champ, assist champ. Went to the finals. Six man of the year. Like, he has every single accolade that he could possibly have. But the ring, and and you know, 
That's what he wants. That's what he's playing for right now. And it's really great for us right now because James is playing with a mindset of it's not about him anymore. It's about it's about the team, you know what I mean? Like in Houston, it was like kind of his show. And, you know, he was still trying to win there. And he did an excellent job of, of they did an extra job putting pieces around him to to be successful. But now he's really been on guys like me, guys like Joel, guys like Tobias, in helping us uh, become better players and helping us become more confident. And you know, he's really set us up to to be successful as a playmaker, as a as a leader on this team. And uh, so yeah, I think it is title of us. And uh, you know, we're putting the pressure on ourselves. Um, there's other teams that are going to put the pressure on themselves. And now we just it's a toss up. You know, who wants it more? We gotta go out there and fight fight our tails off and put our best effort into the situation. Talk a little I wanna talk a little about the playing games <laughs> just because I was up late watching them. I mean, uh I will say this, the Hawks surprised me. Didn't think they were gonna win that game. They came out. I just feel like they were more ready to play that night. I mean, it was crazy. Um the playing game, it's really interesting, honestly, because as NBA players you think playoffs, you think series, you think regular season game, you think mm, we lose this game, we win this game, we got another game in a couple of days. These playing games, although I haven't played in one, but these playing games are kind of serious. They, they give me big time college vibes. And it's like NCAA tournament vibes. So like last night when I'm watching, when I'm watching the Lakers versus the Timberwolves, it's just giving me big time March Madness vibes. And like it's very interesting. And I, I'm I'm ready to not saying that I don't love talking to y'all, but I'm ready to get off here so I can kind of watch these Raptors and Bulls because this the the, the intensity of these games are are so high level. They're playoff games, and but it's only one game. You can't make any adjustments for game two, three, four. Like you can make adjustments in the quarters, but the you know it's. It, I just really want to know what's going through these these players and these coaches' mind because this game it can be the difference between either playing a two seed or a one seed. You know what I'm saying? That's, I mean, some in certain cases, that's a big difference. And uh, matchup-wise, some teams match up better with other teams. So it's really cool to see. I think the NBA has done a great job of keeping it fresh, keeping it, um, you know, very, very authentic also. And um, it, it's new, and it, it's been really good. It's been really cool to see uh, guys battle out in the play-in. And then I think this last thing I'll say about the playoffs, on the Western Conference side, it's going to be crazy, man. It's really crazy. You know, the Lakers are playing against the Grizzlies in the first round. Like, I wonder how many people, you know, have the Grizzlies, have the Lakers. Like, I really want to know. Like, I think that series is a toss-up. You have LeBron James on your team. Does anybody really want to bet against LeBron? Probably not. But I think that Grizzly team is dangerous with with guys like Desmond Bain, guys like um, Jan Jackson Jr., and then, of course, the head of Snake, John Morant. Um, They don't have Steven Adams. They don't have um, Randy Clark, who are two huge pieces to their success. But that Grizzly team is extremely hungry. Then you have the Sacramento Golden State series. That's another interesting one. Sacramento has a lot of young pieces. You have the coach Mike Brown, who came from Golden State. Sacramento has, I guess, like a historically um, led offense or whatever uh, analytically. I don't know analytics, but that's you know they have a really good offense, and they're the they're the higher seed. They have home court advantage. But do you really want to bet against the Golden State Warriors? It's like you have so many of those scenarios. But I'll say this. The, well, the way it's looking, it's it's looking, <laughs> it's setting us up for hope. Maybe I don't know. I'm not worried about the West Conference. The last time I'll talk about any other team but us. But it's maybe setting us up for a KD versus the Warriors type Western Conference Finals. And who wouldn't want to see that for for <laughs> fans, 
for play anybody. I would love to watch. Um, you know that that's going to bring a lot of drama and tension and you know reality TV stuff for us to watch. But uh, it'll be great though. Um, I just can't. I, don't, I can't wait to look forward to it, man. And um, it's going to be great. But when we come back from break, I will let you know what I'm thankful for for this season and how I plan to get one percent better as we head into the playoffs. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, welcome back. Um, you know, I think what I'll say I am most thankful for from this season is two things. Health and adversity. I think those two things didn't just take my game 
to another level, but they took like me as a man, as a human being to another level. Being able to fight through adversity, this is the first type of, like, I feel like, okay, I didn't play a lot of rookie year. That's adversity, but come on, you're a rookie. Yeah, you got to expect that. This year, I, I started the year fast. We already talked about it. I get hurt, probably on pace to, to maybe be an all-star, be around that type of, you know, talent or recognition. Get hurt. That's big-time adversity. Now, with a broken foot, it takes, it takes time to come back. I'm working extremely hard. I'm doing everything possible and still not being able to come back, you know, and just hit the ground running. You still got to go through uh, growing pains. It's going to be a lot of speed bumps in the road coming back from an injury like that. So I go through a lot of different things there. But to be able to break through, to be able to break through adversity and and come out here and really help my team win games on the, on the on after All-Star break of this season, I uh, mean, it's a great feeling. It's, it's literally a great feeling. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful for um, my parents. Thankful for the organization and trusting me. I'm thankful for my coaches and my teammates for still believing in me, even when I was, when I struggled this year. I just really appreciate them for that. And also, like I said, um, the health part. I mean, being healthy, not just myself, but this entire team. Uh, for us to be, I think this may be the, the first time we've gone to the playoffs 100% healthy into a series, you know, without any nagging injuries, without anything. And, um, uh, I think that's going to really help us as well. You know, the playoffs is all about, it's about being lucky. It's about being really good. It's about being healthy. You know, the, those three things, is, it's, it, it makes the run easier. If you're healthy, if you're really good, and you're really lucky. And, um, you know, hopefully we can do that. We can, we can be those three things um, when it's all said and done. Uh, but next week, you know, starting... Saturday morning when I wake up to get ready to go to the center, Wells Fargo Center, I I just, I'm going to be locked in. And I just want to be the best version of Tyrese I can be. That's what I want to be better at in this upcoming week, in this playoffs, this whole entire playoff. I want to be healthy. I want to be aggressive. I want to be assertive. I want to be disruptive on defense. And I want to be the leader. I want to be, I want to be able to lead. I think this is my third year, of course. I'm still the youngest player that's going to step on the court probably for, for both teams in, in both circumstances. But I just have this this thing about me now that I'm I'm so much more confident in uh, being vocal. I'm so much more confident in my game. I'm confident in my abilities and I'm confident in my teammates. And I think that's a dangerous combination uh, when it comes to all of us. And uh, I just, I can't wait to get it on. And last thing I'm gonna say is uh, I appreciate y'all listening, man. I, the reviews, y'all, I love what y'all say, man. I love what y'all, what, the feedback that I'm getting. It's been a great, it's been really amazing. It's funny, um, people like, not just my um, coworkers, but uh, people around the league <laughs> mess with me about the podcast and asking to get on. It's, it's been great though. So, and uh, I hope everybody's, hope everybody's liking it. And I'm really enjoying doing it. Um, Y'all like and subscribe and let me know what y'all think. Um, I may do a Q&A after the season to see what y'all want to hear during the summertime as well. But uh, appreciate talking to y'all. Appreciate y'all listening. Maxi on the mic. I am out. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower, hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims. Hybrid max powertrain engine delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. 
There's even available safety features like an available panoramic view mirror and an available 12.3-inch multi-information display, so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to the Dow of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.